The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Your host, J. Paul Newman of the Monthly District Attorney Show, will now take you on a journey to explore recent Rutherford County court cases, cold cases, and more. We welcome everyone to the program. My name is J. Paul Newman. My co-hosts today are Rutherford County District Attorney General Jennings Jones and Rutherford County Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. We thank WGNS for providing the airtime. And we also thank our producer, Scott Walker. Most of all, we thank you for listening. We will begin our broadcast after you listen to these important messages. gift cards that you can get in any value. You know, those times where someone gives you gifts, you weren't really prepared. It's one of those things that's nice and easy to hand back out, but they're amazing gifts for teachers, for family and friends, and we always offer specials depending on how many gift cards that you get as well. You can go straight down to the restaurant, and our cashiers are happy to help you with any of those gift cards. Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. WGNS is powered by Middle Tennessee Electric. As a member of MTE, you have access to educational resources to help you tailor energy use to your lifestyle. Interested in electric vehicles? MTE offers incentives to learn about EVs and connect with others who share your interest. This is Amanda at Animal City inviting your family to come shop with my family here at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. This Christmas, you might consider skipping the generic child's toys that end up in the landfill and looking into the educational benefits of an aquarium. Here at Animal City, we carry a variety of starter kits for almost every budget and skill level. We carry products to make your life with pets easier. Come check them out at Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. A search for truth. We'll review a case that proves there is evil in this world. It is the brutal kidnapping, rape, and robbery of a local school teacher. With us today to discuss that case is Detective Jack Keesling of the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department. From call to conviction, time now for a look back at one of the more intriguing and important cases for this community. From the crime, the investigation, to the prosecution. For our case study today, we go to December the 9th in the year 2000. It is late in the evening. The weather is cold and rainy. Inside of a Murfreesboro, Tennessee restaurant, a young man and his wife are having a disagreement. Angrily, the wife leaves the restaurant alone and walks down the street. She is about to call a cab when suddenly a car pulls up beside her. The driver asks if she needs a ride. She hesitates to even answer, but the man tells her there is nothing to worry about and shows her a Bible on the front seat of his car. After she gets inside the car, everything changes. The man with the Bible does not take her home. A kidnapping 
and the horror that follows is about to unfold. He drives her to a remote location off of Horde Road in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. There, her clothing is forcibly removed. He beats her savagely, and then he rapes her. He also steals her purse, her watch, and her wedding ring, and then flees the scene, leaving her alone, wearing only a bra and a sweater. Badly abused and helpless, she walks through a field, and in the darkness she sees a house. Desperate for help, she knocks on the door. Once inside, she calls the police and is taken to the hospital. Rutherford County Sheriff Detective Jack Keesling is assigned the case. Using excellent investigative techniques, Detective Keesling was able to establish the name of the man who committed the crimes of kidnapping, robbery, and rape on that cold and rainy December night. The man's name was Lewis James Patterson. In May of 2001, the Rutherford County Grand Jury returned an indictment against 34-year-old Lewis James Patterson. The indictment charged Patterson with rape, kidnapping, and robbery. The case was assigned to the court of Judge Don Ash. Patterson was represented by Murfreesboro attorney Carla Ford. The prosecution team consisted of District Attorney General William C. Weitzel, Jr., and Assistant District Attorney J. Paul Newman. On September the 27th, 2001, Lewis James Patterson waived his right to a jury trial and entered pleas of guilty to aggravated kidnapping and aggravated rape. Pursuant to the plea agreement, Judge Ash sentenced Patterson to serve 20 years. And on the aggravated rape charge and the aggravated kidnapping charge, he ran another eight-year sentence. Judge Ash ordered that the two sentences be served consecutively for an effective sentence of 28 years to serve in the Tennessee State Penitentiary. A few months after pleading guilty, Lewis James Patterson filed a motion in an attempt to withdraw his plea. But just days before his motion could be heard, the 37-year-old man who had used the Bible as a lure to commit kidnapping and rape died. With us today to discuss this case is Detective Jack Keesling of the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. It is our policy not to identify the victim in sexual assault cases, and we will not do so in this case. Without identifying her, can you tell us how is she doing? I have seen her on several occasions. I can tell you that there's a lot of evil in the world, and I've been in law enforcement almost 35 years. I've never seen a case that I would think is as horrific as this. I can tell you that her spirit during that altercation was one of fighting for her life. I think she reflected on her family. You know, she was just trying to get through that moment, you know, to see tomorrow. And in speaking with her, I, I do know that she has continued to go on with her career. She has excelled in that. She has a fantastic family. Her parents were fantastic people, faith-based people. And she definitely had an angel on her shoulder that night. She continues to do well and sells in her life and uh, her family and, she, and her children. 
Detective Keesling, would you tell us more about how you were able to establish that Lewis James Patterson was indeed the person who had committed these horrible crimes? When the incident occurred and after speaking with her and going to the hospital and talking to her and trying to round up everything that we could, we went back out to the field the next morning. We were able to locate some of her personal property. We determined that she had had some credit cards that were taken, and she also had a a cell phone that was taken, as well as her pocketbook. Her husband and her parents wanted to cancel the credit cards and cut off the phone. I advised them that in this particular situation, being that we didn't have anything other than a possible car description, you really didn't know who we were dealing with. I told her that it would be best to leave the credit cards active and to leave the cell phone on and not turn it off. This might be our only shot at determining possibly who was involved in this. this. We got some information from the banks that her credit cards had been used at the uh, Hickory Hollow Mall and at several locations here in Murfreesboro, as well as in Kingston, Tennessee, for buying gas. Myself and other investigators went to Nashville. We obtained some video footage of a black male subject and a black female in some of the videos using the credit cards, as well as a small child. Through that, we were able to bring up some photos of the subjects, but really we still didn't really have a location to start. I think a break in the case actually came on uh, December the 22nd. The cell phone had been used right after the incident had occurred. It was early in the morning hours of the 10th. There were two calls made. One was into the Birmingham, Alabama area, was a Verizon subscriber. The other one was into Nashville, was a Cricket subscriber. It took a little while to get the Cricket subscription back. On uh, January the 2nd, myself and Detective Gross made contact with a Mrs. Woods in Nashville. Upon uh, talking to her, she seemed to be very cooperative, so advised her that a cell phone had been taken from a woman who had been assaulted in Murfreesboro. And, and I also had the pictures from, the photographs from the, uh, the mall in Hickory Hollow and showed her those pictures. And she said, well, that looks like my ex-boyfriend. And then I asked her about the vehicle, and she said, well, his current girlfriend has a vehicle just like that. So I knew then that I was possibly on to something. And so at that point, I made up a photo lineup of five individuals and the suspect, and I took that to the school where my victim was working at, and she identified him through a picture. That's how we were able to identify him. Uh, She was, without a doubt, she was positive that that was him. On the uh, 4th, uh, we went back with a search warrant to the uh, address on Lee Street. We recovered a lot of the property that had been taken. I recovered her wedding rings, a watch, and several other items that had been bought with the credit cards. He was, uh, he was taken back to the sheriff's office, and of course he was advised of his rights, and he waived his rights to counsel and agreed to talk to me. And basically what he had said was that earlier that night, on the 9th, that him and his girlfriend, current girlfriend, had gotten into an argument and that he left the apartment with her car, and he was mad. When driving around Murfreesboro, came up on our our victim, was standing beside the Quicksack on Broad Street. He noticed that she was crying. He had pulled up beside her and asked her if everything was okay. She said that, uh, and she had admitted, uh, you know, what had gone on, and she had admitted that she was just going to go, you know, walk home. He had volunteered to give her a ride home. She was a little apprehensive at first. And he reached in the back seat and pulled a Bible out. And he said, look, you don't have to be afraid. He said, I've got a Bible here. He said, I'm a good guy. And he put it up on the dash. She said she had some red flags, but due to it being a a miserable night and whatnot, she got into the car and he advised that he was going to drive her home. And he went the opposite way. And she brought it to his attention that he was going the wrong way, at which time he reached down underneath the seat. He said, don't do anything. He said, I've got a gun. 
And so then she knew that her nightmare was just about to begin, and they drove out to that area on Horde Road. And when he pulled into the field, she jumped out of the vehicle and ran. And, of course, he caught up to her and punched her and assaulted her. And, and when it was over, he told her to take off running and not to look back. She said at that time, she said the most worrisome thing was that he was going to shoot her in the back. And, of course, she, she was barefoot and had only a top on and managed to fight her way through the weeds and whatnot. And she came upon a light in the distance and managed to make her way to that light. It turned out to be a residence. And at that time, the people came to the door and the police were contacted. Detective Keesling, we want to thank you and the other members of the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department for the excellent job performed in bringing Lewis James Patterson to justice. This is Paul Newman. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As a leader in environmental services, sustainability is deeply integrated into our business model. At Middle Point Landfill, we are environmentalists at heart. We use cutting edge technology in combination with our deep experience in recycling and waste services to protect our environment and our neighbors. That's our job and that's our promise. We invite you to learn more about us at middlepointlandfill.com. For public services, we are sustainability in action. This is Inside the Courts. A look at this month's trials, pleas, and grand jury action. Inside the Courts is presented as a courtesy of the Rutherford County Clerk's Office. Good morning, everyone. This is your District Attorney General Jennings Jones, and today I will be your tour guide through this episode of Inside the Courts. We begin this segment by stating that none of the defendants named in upcoming trials or hearings have been convicted, and of course, they are presumed by our law to be innocent. With that as a prelude, we will now go Inside the Courts. On March 16th of this year, Officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department were dispatched to a residence on Swanson Lane in response to a 911 call. Upon arrival, officers located the body of Thetsaphone Cesarino. Mrs. Cesarino had been beaten to death in her garage and her throat had been cut. The victim's husband, Focam Cesarino, was unaccounted for and was later found covered in blood. After conducting an interview of Mr. Cesarino, he was charged with first-degree murder. Detective Richard Presley with the Murfreesboro Police Department has been assigned as the lead investigator in this case. Mr. Cesarino is represented by the Office of the District Public Defender, and on November 1st of this year, the case was bound over to be heard by a Rutherford County Grand Jury. The state will be represented by Assistant District Attorney Sarah Davis. On February the 15th of this year, Officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a 911 call of shots fired at an apartment complex on Puckett Creek Crossing. Officers discovered the body of Miss Rebecca Stockton on the floor of her apartment. Miss Stockton had been shot multiple times. Detective Julie Cox was assigned as the lead investigator in this case. Miss Stockton's live-in boyfriend, Salim Hamilton, was missing. A manhunt for Mr. Hamilton was ordered, and Mr. Hamilton was located in Corbin, Kentucky. 
Mr. Hamilton was found to be in possession of the rental car of Miss Stockton and a 40 caliber semi-automatic handgun. Miss Stockton was shot and killed by a 40 caliber semi-automatic handgun. Mr. Hamilton was charged with possession of a firearm by a convicted felon and remains in the custody of Corbin, Kentucky. Mr. Hamilton has been charged with first-degree murder by the Murfreesboro Police Department and will be extradited back to Rutherford County. A court date is scheduled for January 4th of next year. The state will be represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. On February the 13th of this year, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a 911 call in reference to a stabbing at a Ransom Drive residence. Upon entry, officers discovered the body of Mr. Philip Maddox on the floor of his bedroom. Mr. Maddox had been stabbed multiple times. Witnesses on the scene advised that Mr. Maddox's roommate, Malik Smith, admitted to stabbing Mr. Maddox. Officers located Mr. Smith, and Mr. Smith confirmed the witness's claim that he had stabbed Mr. Maddox. Detective David Miller of the Murfreesboro Police Department has been assigned as the lead investigator. After a search of the residence, collection of evidence, and interviewing of all witnesses, Mr. Smith was charged with first-degree murder. On May 31st of last year, a preliminary hearing was held and the court found probable cause to bind this matter over to a grand jury. Mr. Smith is represented by counsel, Mr. John Slager, while the state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. On September 27th of 2021, deputies with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department responded to a residence on Bivens Hill Road in reference to a shooting. Once on scene, deputies located Miss Tony Odom, the victim of a gunshot wound. Miss Odom died from her injuries. Detective Sergeant Ty Downing has been assigned as the lead investigator. After interviewing witnesses and reviewing physical evidence at the scene, Mr. Irwin Odom, the victim's husband, was identified as a suspect. At the conclusion of the investigation, Mr. Odom was charged with first-degree murder. After appearing before a General Sessions court last year, Mr. Odom bound his case over to a Rutherford County grand jury. Mr. Odom is represented by counsel Mr. Josh Crane, while the state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Sarah Davis. Mr. Odom will appear next before a circuit court judge January 30th of next year. In February of 2021, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department initiated an investigation of a reported sexual battery by an authority figure. Detective Michael Yates with the Murfreesboro Police Department was assigned as the lead investigator. Upon interviewing the juvenile victim, Mr. Reed was indicted by a Rutherford County grand jury in June of 2021 for four counts of sexual battery by an authority figure. Mr. Reed was represented by counsel, Mr. Josh Crane, while the state was represented by Assistant District Attorney Hugh Ammerman. On November 9th of this year, Mr. Reed pled guilty to two counts of sexual battery by an authority figure. Mr. Reed was sentenced to three years and one month to serve in the custody of the Tennessee Department of Corrections. On October the 9th of 2019, officers with the Laverne Police Department investigated a reported sexual assault against a juvenile. Detective Steve Krotz was assigned as the lead investigator. Through efforts with multiple other officers and agencies, the investigation resulted in evidence against Mr. Luis Mendoza Sanchez for the sexual assault. In August of 2021, a Rutherford County grand jury indicted Mr. Mendoza Sanchez for rape of a child, four counts of sexual battery, and one count of aggravated assault. 
Mr. Mendoza-Sanchez was represented by counsel Mr. David Clark, while the state was represented by Assistant District Attorney Sharon Reddick. On April the 19th of this year, a Rutherford County grand, uh, pardon me, a Rutherford County jury found Mr. Mendoza-Sanchez guilty of rape of a child, four counts of sexual battery, and assault. On July 14th of this year, Circuit Court Judge Jimmy Turner sentenced Mr. Mendoza-Sanchez to a total sentence of 59 years to serve in TDOC custody. On February the 13th of 2022, officers with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office received a report that a 14-year-old minor was being sexually assaulted by their grandfather. Detective Stephen Lewis was assigned to investigate. The victim's 16-year-old sibling learned of the abuse and used a cell phone to record the grandfather's attack. Upon conclusion of all interviews, collection of physical evidence, and reviewing of cell phone recordings, the matter was presented to a Rutherford County grand jury. And in March of 2022, Mr. Pilkington was indicted for two counts of sexual battery by an authority figure and two counts of rape. Mr. Pilkington was represented by counsel Mr. Kirk Catron, and the state was represented by Assistant District Attorney Hugh Ammerman. On June 22nd of this year, Mr. Pilkington pled guilty to one count of sexual battery by an authority figure and one count of rape. The defendant was sentenced to a total sentence of 16 years to be served in the custody of the Tennessee Department of Corrections. On March 3rd of 2022, De Deputy Cody O'Donnell with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department conducted a traffic stop on a vehicle for an expired tag violation. The deputy made contact with the driver, Mr. David Lee McCoy. As a result of observing what appeared to be drug paraphernalia, the deputy performed a canine sweep of the vehicle. The canine alerted to the presence of the odor of narcotics. A search was then conducted and 15.5 pounds of crystal methamphetamine were located in the vehicle. Mr. McCoy was arrested and charged with possession of over 300 grams of any substance containing methamphetamine with the intent to sell or distribute. In June of 2022, a Rutherford County grand jury indicted Mr. McCoy for that same offense. Mr. McCoy was represented by Mr. Scott Saul, while the state was represented by Assistant District Attorney Brent Pierce. On August the 7th of this year, Mr. McCoy went to trial before a Rutherford County jury. However, by the second day of the trial, Mr. McCoy fled the court. The trial proceeded with the absence of Mr. McCoy. The jury convicted Mr. McCoy as charged. A warrant for Mr. McCoy was issued for his arrest by the court. Mr. McCoy was then apprehended on September the 15th in Louisville, Kentucky, and now awaits sentencing to be held later this year. On July 16th of last year, Officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a home invasion, an aggravated burglary. Officers made contact with the homeowner and were provided with information regarding items taken from the home. One item was a MacBook that the owner was able to track. Officers went to the location of the ping and discovered two large duffel bags sitting at the feet of Mr. Joseph Michael Thomas. Mr. Thomas denied knowledge or ownership of the bags. However, he admitted to ownership of a plastic bag that contained items later verified to have come from the victim's home. The two bags also contained stolen property from the homeowner. Upon being interviewed by law enforcement, Mr. Thomas admitted to the aggravated burglary. Mr. Thomas was arrested and charged with aggravated burglary, theft of property, and vandalism. 
Mr. Thomas was later indicted by a Rutherford County grand jury, and on August 29th of this year, Mr. Thomas entered a plea of guilty to aggravated burglary, receiving a 10-year sentence to serve in TDOC custody. Mr. Thomas was represented by counsel Mr. Caleb McCain, and the state was represented by Assistant District Attorney Tammy Reddick. On July 22nd of last year, the mother of a seven-year-old child reported that the child was being sexually assaulted by the child's 79-year-old great-grandfather, Bobby Spurgeon. After learning that the mother had gone to the police, Mr. Spurgeon attempted suicide by shooting himself in the face. He survived this attempt, though he now has permanent disfigurement. Detective Emily Speed with the Murfreesboro Police Department was assigned as the lead investigator in this case. After interviewing Mr. Spurgeon by the use of a dry erase board, Mr. Spurgeon confessed to multiple instances of sexual assault against the child. Mr. Spurgeon was indicted by a Rutherford County grand jury for two counts of aggravated sexual assault and four counts of aggravated rape of a child. On July 6th of this year, Mr. Spurgeon pled guilty to two counts of aggravated sexual battery and received a total sentence of 20 years to serve in TDOC custody. Mr. Spurgeon was represented by counsel, Ms. Katie Ladefogan, and the state was represented by Assistant District Attorney Sharon Reddig. On July 20th of 2020, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a shooting resulting in, the, in two persons being shot, Mr. Vanches Brown and Ms. Tammy Childress. Both Mr. Brown and Ms. Childress survived their injuries. Mr. Antonia Beach was identified as the person responsible for the shooting. In January of last year, Mr. Beach was indicted by a Rutherford County grand jury for attempted first-degree murder, attempted second-degree murder, two counts of aggravated assault, reckless endangerment with a deadly weapon, possession of a weapon by a convicted felon, and employing the use of a firearm during the commission of a dangerous felony. Mr. Beach was represented by counsel, Mr. Michael Offinger, and the state was represented by Assistant District Attorneys Sarah Davis and Ashley Hall. A jury trial began on July 24th of this year, and on the third day of trial, Mr. Beach did not appear in court. The trial proceeded without Mr. Beach. However, a few hours after the trial had resumed, officials were notified by Metro Nashville law enforcement that Mr. Beach had gone to the home of his grandmother and shot himself in front of a ring camera. Mr. Beach died from his injuries. On June 27th of 2018, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a shooting on Old Las Casas Pike. Upon arrival, officers located Dylan Biddle Jr., who had sustained multiple gunshot wounds. Mr. Biddle died from his injuries. Officers were also contacted about an unknown male that had been shot and was attempting to get into vehicles at Reeves Rogers Elementary School. That male was later identified as Albert Mustafa. Detective Sergeant Tommy Massey has been assigned as the lead investigator in this case. Multiple witnesses were interviewed and evidence on the scene was collected. Upon conclusion of the investigation, it was determined that Mr. Mustafa went to a residence on Old Las Casas with the intent to commit a robbery. Mr. Biddle was a guest at that residence. Mr. Mustafa entered the residence and attempted to rob Mr. Middle. During the course of the attempted robbery, Mr. Biddle was shot and killed. Mr. Biddle was, however, able to return fire and Mr. Mustafa sustained a gunshot wound as a result. 
Mr. Mustafa was charged with first-degree felony murder, attempted aggravated robbery, robbery with two or more people acting in concert, and conspiracy to commit aggravated robbery. Mr. Mustafa was represented by counsel Mr. Thomas Parkerson. The state was represented by Assistant District Attorneys Trevor Lynch and Ashley Hull. Trial was held between August the 14th and August the 22nd of this year, and a jury of Mr. Mustafa's peers found him guilty as charged. Circuit Court Judge Barry Tidwell sentenced Mr. Mustafa to life in prison for first-degree murder. A sentencing hearing will be held on December the 14th of this year for the remainder of his charges. On March 6th of 2021, deputies with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department responded to a shooting on I-24 near the 76-mile marker. Miss Rakia Compton was a passenger in the vehicle with her twin sister and another woman. The vehicle was fired upon by an unknown subject, and Miss Compton was struck once in the head. Miss Compton survived her injuries, but due to the extent of her injuries, Miss Compton will never fully recover. After an extensive investigation, Detective Joe Duncan with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department was able to identify Keon Warfield as the shooter. A witness saw the shooting and was able to read the tag on the vehicle and identify the make and model. Upon tracking down the vehicle, officers located Mr. Warfield along with several other individuals. Upon seizing cell phones and firearms, the individuals were questioned. And after receiving conflicting and untrue statements, the de detectives began narrowing down the possible shooters. Other cooperating witnesses assisted in identifying Mr. Warfield as the shooter, along with evidence collected from cell phones and ring, ring camera footage. Mr. Warfield was charged with attempted first-degree murder, employing a firearm during the commission of a dangerous felony, aggravated assault, vandalism, and possession of a weapon with the intent to go armed. A preliminary hearing was held in March of 21 in the General Sessions Court of Rutherford County. This case was bound over to the grand jury, and Mr. Warfield was indicted in June of 2021. On October the 26th of this year, Mr. Warfield pled guilty to attempted first-degree murder and aggravated assault. Mr. Warfield received a total sentence of 15 years to serve in the custody of the Tennessee Department of Corrections. Mr. Warfield was represented by counsel Mr. Miles McDowell, and the state was represented by Assistant District Attorney Brent Pierce. On September the 27th of 2020, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to 911 calls regarding gunshots on Gunnerson Avenue. Upon arrival, officers located Mr. Javarius Malone. Mr. Malone had a single gunshot wound to the chest. Law enforcement officers and EMTs to work to save Mr. Malone, but he did not survive his injuries. Detective Cody Thomas with the Murfreesboro Police Department was assigned as the lead investigator. Upon interviewing witnesses, obtaining department complex security video footage, and using cell phone and GPS data, Mr. Corey Munsell Lillard Jr. and a juvenile were identified as suspects. At the conclusion of Detective Thomas's investigation, Mr. Lillard and the juvenile were charged with first-degree murder, employing a weapon during the commission of a dangerous felony, attempting to sell a Schedule I drug, and conspiracy to sell a Schedule I drug. A preliminary hearing for Mr. Lillard was held before a Rutherford County General Sessions Court, and upon hearing the proof presented by the state, the case was bound over to the grand jury. Mr. Lillard was indicted in February of 2022. Mr. Lillard was represented by, represented by counsel Mr. Thomas Maynard, and the state was represented by Assistant District Attorneys Trevor Lynch and Matt Westmoreland. 
on November the 9th of this year, Mr. Lillard entered pleas of guilty to facilitation to first-degree murder and attempt to sell a Schedule I drug. Mr. Lillard was sentenced to 20 years to serve at TDOC. Mr. Lillard also entered pleas of guilty to offenses and unrelated charges for aggravated assault, theft over 10,000, and five counts of auto burglary. A trial is scheduled to begin on January 22nd of this next year for Demetrius Ford and Marquise Perkins. The allegations are first-degree murder, attempted first-degree murder, five counts of aggravated assault, employment of a firearm during the commission of a dangerous felony, felon in possession of a firearm, evading arrest with an automobile, attempted carjacking, vandalism, theft of property, and reckless endangerment with a deadly weapon. Mr. Ford is represented by counsel Mr. Jeff Cherry, and Mr. Perkins is represented by counsel Mr. Will Fraley. The state will be represented by both myself and Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. A trial is scheduled to begin on February 20th of this next, on next year pardon, on Mr. Keon Tucker. The allegations are for two counts of first-degree murder, especially aggravated robbery, aggravated burglary, employing a weapon during the commission of a dangerous felony, tampering with evidence, and possession of marijuana. Mr. Tucker is represented by Mr. Luke Evans, and the state is represented by Assistant District Attorneys Trevor Lynch and Tammy Reddig. A trial is scheduled to begin on April 1st of next year on Mr. Chris Robinson and Mr. Chris White. The allegations are for first-degree murder, aggravated burglary, especially aggravated robbery, especially aggravated kidnapping, employment of a firearm during the commission of a dangerous felony, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, and tampering with evidence. Mr. White is represented by Mr. Paul Bruno, while Mr. Robinson is represented by Mr. Rob McKinney, Mr. And, and also Mr. Brian Lewis. The state will be represented by Assistant District Attorneys Trevor Lynch and Ashley Chisholm. A trial is scheduled for April the 22nd of next year in the Circuit Court of Rutherford County on Mr. Khalil Smith for the charges of second-degree murder, reckless endangerment with a deadly weapon, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, and Mr. Smith is represented by counsel Mr. Stephen Perkins, while the state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. A trial is scheduled to begin on May 13th of next year on Carmen de la Cruz for second-degree murder. Mr. Cruz is represented by Mr. Brennan Foy, while the state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. A trial is scheduled to start on May 20th of next year on Gregory Lyons for first-degree murder, attempt to sell a Schedule I drug, conspiracy to sell Schedule I drugs, and employing a firearm during the commission of a dangerous felony. Mr. Lyons is represented by counsel Mr. Will Fraley, and the state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. And that will conclude this episode of Inside the Courts. Encourage spiritual growth in friends and family with Kathleen Coffey's new daily read, The Word Account, a poetic devotional. Each new day will bring new meaning with simple yet eloquently written words that are inspired by scripture. Kathleen Coffey will be personally signing copies of her newly released daily devotional between 11 and 4 at Mills Family Pharmacy on Friday, December 1st. Coffey's new daily devotion, The Word Account, a poetic devotional. 
You're invited to the City of Laverne 2023 Parade of Lights. This year's parade will be on Saturday, December 2nd at 5 p.m. The parade starts at the Laverne City Hall, continues down Murfreesboro Road, and ends at the Winter Festival in Veterans Memorial Park. The Winter Festival in Laverne will include the tree lighting ceremony, fireworks, a snow rink, pictures with Santa, and Mrs. Claus. December 2nd at 5 p.m. Bring the family and join in on the holiday festivities. The Laverne Parade of Lights. Over the past several years, hearing aid technology has drastically improved. Hi, I'm Dr. Sean Lancaster. If you've been struggling with your hearing, give me a call, Dr. Sean Lancaster, and take a free hearing aid test drive and see for yourself how much hearing aids can truly help. What's the law? Time now for an examination of the laws of Tennessee. This is not intended to be legal advice and is being presented solely for the informational benefit of our listening audience. You should always consult with an attorney whenever you need or rely on legal advice. Good morning, listeners, and today we are joined with a special guest, Mr. Chadwick Doherty. Mr. Doherty is going to introduce himself, tell himself, tell us a little bit about himself, and then talk about an area of the law. Hello, I'm Chadwick Doherty. I am currently a first-year law student at the Nashville School of Law and an intern for the District Attorney's Office. I recently graduated from MTSU with both a biology and Spanish degree. I have grown up in the town of Murfreesboro, and I've seen many of the new buildings and expansions for this town throughout my life. However, I still see Murfreesboro as a small town it once was. This, is, this place is home to me, and I am proud to be a native resident and a graduate of the hometown university. Today, we will be discussing the crime of facilitation. It is under the inchoate crime family. An inchoate word is not something you hear every day, and it can be quite abstract. However, Merriam-Webster Dictionary has defined this word and hopefully should provide some clarity. The definition reads, being only partially in existence or operation. Once we get over the idea of facilitation, I hope you will be able to understand how this crime is only partially in existence. There are two elements to prove in, the, in order to commit the crime of facilitation. First, the person is criminally responsible for f- facilitation of a felony if knowing that another intends to commit a specific felony, but without the intent required for criminal responsibility. And second, the person knowingly furnishes substantial assistance in the commission of the felony. We must look at criminal responsibility to understand this first element. It states that acting with intent to promote or assist the commission of this offense or to benefit in the proceeds or result of the offense, the person solicits, directs, aids, or attempts to aid another person to commit the offense. This may sound like a bunch of words placed together. However, I was given an example in class and I believe this will help. If person A knows his friend, person B, is burglarizing a home that night, and person B asks A for his car keys to drive, person B will then go commit a felony, and person A will facilitate this crime by giving person B the car keys. Facilitation is a crime that is committed by at least two people. There are many ways one can commit a crime of facilitation, not just by giving car keys. If we look back at the second element of facilitation, we can see that one has to knowingly provide substantial assistance in the commission of a felony. The key difference between facilitation and another crime, criminal responsibility, is the intent of the individual assisting the criminal. If the person is knowingly helping, 
than it is facilitation. However, if the person intentionally helps, this would be criminal responsibility. This idea of knowingly and intentionally can be quite difficult to understand. However, if a person is intentional with an act, the person is aware of the result of his actions bring. In the example provided, instead of person A giving the keys to person B, person A would drive person B to the home for the burglary. Facilitation only applies to felonies and when a person is charged with facilitation to a crime. The person may be convicted on the proof of commission of the offense and that the person was a party or facilitated its commission. This means a person could be convicted by the completion of the crime and the person charged with facilitation was shown to be aiding the criminal. The individual is charged one level less than the crime committed by the other person. So if person B commits a felony C, then person A will be charged with a felony D. The different levels of a felony are important when looking at time in prison. Felony D would require less time to serve than a felony C, and the pattern continues all the way to felony A, with felony E being the lowest time to serve. Remember, this crime does require at least two people. If there is no felony, then there is no facilitation. There are two types of defenses for criminal responsibility. The first defense is when the other party, the person committing the felony, belongs to a class of persons who, by definition of the offense, are legally incapable of committing the offense in an intellectual capacity. This restriction refers to the mental capacity of an individual. For some felonies, there are very high levels of mental capacity required to be convicted of the crime. An example of a high-level capacity requirement is first-degree murder. This exclusion is focused on the facilitator's actions, not the actions of the other person. The crime of facilitation is aiding and helping someone commit a felony knowingly. The person's mental state does not change the outcome of facilitation. Mental state is important when looking at the crime, and however, this crime is not tied to the completion of the felony. Thank you, Chadwick, and that'll conclude this episode of What's the Law? WTNS, AM, FM, and online. Our people, that's the difference. Maples Realty and Auction. I'm Betsy Maples-Taylor with Maples Realty and Auction Company in Murfreesboro. Here's a look at our upcoming auction. Two live auctions coming up Saturday, December 2nd. The first, 91.23 plus or minus acres in Liberty, selling in four tracks at 10 a.m. The second, a townhome in Rutherford Green with four bedrooms and two and a half baths at 1 p.m. More information at maplesrealtyandauction.com. Maples Realty and Auction. Encourage spiritual growth in friends and family with Kathleen Coffey's new daily read, The Word Account, a poetic devotional. The local wordsmith will be personally signing copies of her newly released daily devotional between 11 and 4 at Mills Family Pharmacy on Friday, December 1st. This brand new daily devotion inspired by scripture makes for the perfect Christmas gift or stocking stuffer for your friends and family. Give a gift that helps bring loved ones closer to God by giving them a daily devotional. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. As we end our program today, we thank WGNS for providing the airtime. And we thank our producer, Scott Walker.
most of all, we thank you for listening. We leave now by saying, a safe community is the responsibility of each and every one of us. For my two co-hosts, Rutherford County District Attorney General Jennings Jones and Rutherford County Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. This is J. Paul Newman bidding all of you a safe and blessed day. The District Attorney's Office thanks you for listening to today's program. If you have any information regarding criminal activity in our community, please contact one of our law enforcement agencies. The information presented on today's show is solely for informational benefit and not intended to be legal advice. You should always consult an attorney whenever you need or rely on legal advice. Rutherford County's most trusted name in news. Talk Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro.